have your Bibles this morning, if you'll find your way to the book of Job, Job chapter number 19, Job chapter number 19. Job is remembered by many during his hardships in life, the troubles that he has found. Uh, we know his story, how he uh, went through and endured a lot of trials and testing of his faith. As a matter of fact, he was even told to curse God and die. But we know that he didn't do those things. He was troubled greater than most people endure. Um, and he had three questions. You can find, we'll be in chapter 19, but he has three questions in the book of Job uh, that he asks in chapter 14, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Of course, we know uh, this is a parallel to uh, the gospel and what Christ does uh, for us as an unclean thing. But he also asked in chapter 14, if a man give up the ghost, where is he? When he passes from this life, where is he? If a man die again, he asked in verse 14 of chapter 14, will he live again? Those are some thought-provoking questions, and as questions we've all had, uh, probably many times we have asked them ourselves, how could God save someone like me? How can God forgive the things that I have done? Once I pass from this life, where do I go? What happens when I am over here? And if I die, will I live again? Job is defeating depression in chapter 19 as we uh, will look in verse number 25. And his faith, his confidence that he has in a living Redeemer, his faith is reached beyond this present plight that he is in. And he says that I know my Redeemer lives. Look at verse 25. For I know that my Redeemer lives and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself and mine eyes shall behold and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Isn't that great? That's a great passage of scripture for it is assurance. There's so many things here and he knows uh, that with it beyond a shadow of a doubt that he will uh, behold all that heaven has to offer. But more importantly, he will see his Redeemer. I want to preach this morning on the idea of triumph in trouble. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful. God, that we know that we can have that assurance this morning and knowing that our Redeemer lives and, Lord, knowing that you take residence within our hearts this morning. And God, I pray that as we look at this word, Lord, you would hide me behind that precious cross of Calvary. God, that they not see me, but that they would see you. Lord, for those that may be listening, God, we pray for them. 
Lord, for those that have not been able to be here today, for whatever reason it may be, God, we pray that your spirit would be felt within their presence as well. God, we're so thankful that you love us beyond degree. And Lord, that you made a way for salvation. You made a way for us to know that you can redeem us, you can forgive us. Lord, how you save us. We pray for those that are lost. God, that you would captivate their heart. Lord, convict them to the point that they cannot do anything until they have all settled with you. Likewise, that one that maybe is not where they need to be in their walk with you. God, we pray you convict them that they repent and return. Father, for whatever you do here this morning, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. Lord, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Triumph in trouble. Notice here, verse 25, just have three points for you uh, this morning and in regards to Job and his troubled life. And you can find all uh, of his um, depressiveness, all of his troubles, all of his trials that he went through uh, in the preceding uh, chapters of, of Job and even the, the chapters following uh, that deal with um, this uh, this gentleman here, this Job, as he deals with life and he deals with losing quite literally everything in his life, lost everything except life itself. And even at that point, he was told, go ahead and curse God. He's already taken everything from you. Just well as go ahead and die. But notice here, chapter 19 and verse 25. I want us to first of all see Job's friend. Job's friend. It's always good to have a friend, right? We all need our friends. But notice here he says, For I know that my Redeemer lives. Job had a lot of earthly friends at one point in his life, but all of those had failed him. All of those had forsaken him. Matter of fact, we'll find in his life how that all of Job's friends left him, his family left him. He lost his farm. He lost everything he had. All of his earthly friends were gone. And then we notice where he says here that I know my Redeemer lives. You'll never have a friend that is better to you or closer to you than our Redeemer. And in Leviticus chapter 25, you will find the work of the Redeemer. I'm not going to go, it's a, you could, I could preach for days on end out of Leviticus uh, 25 in, in regards to the Redeemer, in regards to the things that, that um, are, are taught to us there. And we won't spend a lot of time there uh, this morning, but you could make note of it maybe in your spare time this week and um, the way the weather looks, you may have a lot of that spare time, right? Uh, so you, you have some time maybe to look this up in, in Leviticus 25. And if you wanted the specifics, beginning in verse 25 through verse 55, you will find 
what I'm about to talk to you about. So in Leviticus 25, you will find where there is some things that are taught to us in regards to uh, redemption, in regards to taking in a friend in need. And in this chapter, it talks about all of these things that you shall know. Uh, verse 22, uh, I'm sorry, verse 25, if thy brother be waxen poor and hath stole away some of his possession, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. And if a man hath none to redeem it, and himself be able to redeem it, then let him count the years of the sale thereof, and restore the overplus unto the man of whom sold it, that they may return unto his possession. And then it goes into account that if he's not able to restore it to him, and all of these other things, and sells his dwelling and uh, in the walled city, and all of this working for uh, X amount of years, and then you'll notice down towards verse uh, 38, it says, I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. And if your brother that dwell by thee be waxen poor and be sold unto thee, thou shalt not compel him to serve as a bond servant, but as a hired servant and as a sojourner. So he shall be with thee and shall serve thee unto the year of Jubilee. And then shall he depart from thee, both he and his children with him, and shall return to his own family, to the possession of his fathers, shall he return. And again, it goes and talks about all of these things, but I want to focus on the idea that God brought them out of all of this captivity. God delivered them from that slavery, that bond servanthood, and is talking here of, of bringing them out of that and how he is the Lord their God. So Leviticus 25 talks about this relative that is in dire need and how that the Redeemer comes and frees him from that. Rescue brings about responsibility. Rescue brings responsibility. You can find this in Deuteronomy chapter number 7 where it talks about how we must love and obey him. Christ is the one that has redeemed us. He has uh, rescued us, if you will, from the bondage of sin. He has rescued us, in a sense, from the clutches of Satan or from the pits of hell. And so we, in return, should obey him. We should love him. Deuteronomy chapter 15, uh, verse 15. Part of this rescue bringing responsibility, we need to show his love and care to others. That is the responsibility of every child of God. We are to show his love. We are to care for others. Now, I think there are some, I don't know if limitations would be the right word, but um, you know the saying that says you can only help those that want to help themselves. I don't think the Lord would ever intend for us to put ourselves in danger or put ourselves in a fix, if you will. 
but we are to offer that care to others. Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 18, how we are to show compassion and mercy. Because why? We have been shown compassion and mercy. Redemption is reason for praise. And so Job here in all of his uh, trials and all of his troubles and all of his abandonedness and, and those forsaking him, he still had that one friend that was always there. Notice also in verse 25, there is a phrase that I want you to Notice, he says, for I know, not think, not I hope, or I think that my Redeemer lives, I hope my Redeemer lives, maybe my Redeemer lives. No, Job said, for I know my Redeemer lives. Notice his confidence here. Job's Redeemer is identified. For I know that my Redeemer lives and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. What's he talking about? I think Job knew firsthand of who his Redeemer was. It was God and Jesus. How that Jesus would come into the Gospels and how he would be the one as a Redeemer of all mankind. We know that Jesus is the Redeemer according to the writings of Paul in Galatians 3 and Romans chapter 3 and even Revelation chapter 5. Christ is our Redeemer. And notice here in verse uh, 25 how he also says, I know that my Redeemer lives. He lives. There's a song we sing oftentimes, usually around... Uh, Easter, he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today, he lives, and this is the confidence that Job had, he lives, I know that my Redeemer lives, Revelation uh, chapter number 1, if I can read that very quickly for you, Revelation chapter 1 verse 17, It says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he said his right hand uh, upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of hell and death. Our Redeemer lives. Job's faith was so strong. He he will stand in the latter day upon the earth over in Revelation chapter number 5 verse number 10 it says and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Verse number 19 we notice where the same God is saying that he will reign. He will reign. Isn't that great to know uh, this morning that our God is not some dead God, uh, that He's not some statue somewhere, that His bones are still not in a grave somewhere, because our Redeemer lives. And Job had this great faith in knowing, I know He lives, and He will stand at the latter day upon this earth. 
And in verse 26, he says, even though I may be buried and long gone, but there will come a time when I will see him face to face. Yet in my flesh, I will see God. Can you imagine? Death was all about him. He was inevitable. He was stricken with sickness and plagues. And even in his weakened state, in his depressive state, in his state of abandoned by family and friends, he said, I will behold the King. I know that my Redeemer lives. Job had a sure hope in such a world of uncertainty. And friend, as we look at our society today, we have such uncertainty, do we not? We mentioned earlier of the families that have lost loved ones just this week. Of course, I see it every day. I, you know, the young and the old, and everything in between, and we're so uncertain. Uh, the, the events of our society of today is so uncertain. But even in the midst of uncertainty, we can have one blessed hope this morning in knowing that even though I may leave this walk of life and I may never uh, see the light of day on this side of eternity ever again, but I know I will behold the King. Verses 25 through verse 27. We see Job's future. Job's future. Notice what he says, for I know my Redeemer lives and that he shall stand at that latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself and my eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. In my flesh I shall see what a great testimony uh, for Job, his Redeemer, his God, the one and the same. Uh, he will see for himself. I want to see my Savior first of all. I don't care. There's been so much debate amongst clergy and preachers and theologians. And, you know, I, I'm no theologian. And um, there's a lot of things that's not something to really debate about to be honest I don't care if it's a street of gold or streets of gold whether it's a mansion or whether it's a big old room doesn't matter to me all I want to do is see Jesus I just want to see my Redeemer I have a good friend up in Pennsylvania he's been through a lot he's a good bit older than me twice my age just so you know. Uh, he lost his son um, when his son was a little bit younger than me. 
And he's, he's a believer. And he says, you know, of all things, he says, not, I, I know my son is in heaven and I know I'm going to heaven. And he said, of all the things, I, I want to see my Lord. And he says, and I hope that we have the, the time for like a, a Q&A session because I only have one question. And that is why. And as profound as that is and powerful as it is, and, and we can't understand why a lot of things happen in this life. Why does suffering happen? I don't know. Why do good things happen to bad or why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know. Why do good things happen to bad people? I don't know. All I know is what the Bible says, that it rains on the just and the unjust. Things happen, but all in the midst of all of this, like the song says, we'll understand it better by and by. I don't think it's something for us to worry with in this life, to live our life, to share the gospel. That's what we are here for, to share the gospel. And Job had this future and he knows that his Redeemer lives in the midst of all the travesty of his life. All these people saw Job in in his despair and in his declining health and on the border of death and yet he still has the the, the muster within him to declare, I know that my Redeemer lives. And I will see him one day. All that's involved with Job's future. The finished work of the Redeemer. We find that in Romans chapter 8. Isn't it good to know that everything has been done? The Redeemer has done what the Redeemer came to do, and that was to redeem lost souls, to die on the cross of Calvary to make it possible. Job had the surety of the resurrection. And dear friend, we can be sure also. I like what Paul says, and I'll read this very, very quickly in uh, 1 Corinthians. It's probably, I know I say this a lot, one of my favorite scriptures, right? I say it a lot. I know I do. It's like I say the book of Romans is my favorite book. And, you know, and then I'll go to something. I'll say this is my favorite. It's just it is what it is. But nonetheless, I like what Paul has to say in um, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach to you, that which also you have received and where you stand, by which you are saved, if you keep memory what I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. He was buried, and he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And he went to see uh, Cephas, and, and then to the twelve, and that was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto the present but some are fallen asleep. After that, he is seen of James and of the apostles. And he goes on and talks about all of these and the importance of Christ's resurrection. And then verse 20, But now if Christ is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. And he talks about all these things of this resurrection and then he talks, as he concludes the chapter, he, he brings to their mind, their memory, if you will, 
of the gospel, of what Christ did, why Christ did it, the resurrection. And then he says this in conclusion. Behold, I show you a mystery. And a mystery it is, right? That we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So then when, uh, when this incorruptible should have put on incorruption, and this mortal puts on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, he concludes this chapter with some strong, profound words that I want to encourage you as well that we can have this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know, your labor is not in I believe this would be something that Job would probably be declaring as well, that he knows the sting of death is sin, and he knows that the strength of the law uh, is, um, uh, all, uh, the strength of sin is the law, but then thanks be to God. Victory and triumph. Job had everything against him, right? But in the midst of it all, he still thanked God. He was steadfast in his faith. He was unmovable, always abounding in this love. And dear friend, we can have that same assurance this morning. Can I encourage you to meet Job's friend? No, there was a saying one time, um, and I'll probably mess it up because you know I don't never say anything like it's supposed to be said. But um, you got that one friend that is all friendly to you to your face, you know, within distance of you. And then that friend goes and talks to others about you. You know, and someone has said, who needs a friend when you have a friend like that? I'm thankful that my Lord is the same, regardless of who he is around. The same offerings that was offered to salvation is offered to all. This forgiveness is available to all. Could I encourage you to meet Job's friend? Could I encourage you to meet my friend uh, this morning? His old hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. Job knew this friend. Would you meet him today? Will you experience Job's faith that even regardless of all of the trials and the troubles and, and the sickness and the abandonments and all of this other that goes on, to stay true and steadfast and unmovable. And can we share Job's future, our future, in knowing that there is a place prepared for all of those that love the Lord. I'm thankful that place has been prepared for all that will call out to him. And he's always available 
and he stretches out his arms and says, Come, come unto me, all that are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen. We will extend the hymn of invitation. This is your opportunity to do business with God, perhaps a salvation, maybe rededication, maybe to pray for a loved one, a friend, whatever the case may be. Would you come this morning?